Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You welcome to Peak to Pit, Allie Peak, TJ Pittinger talking college football, Florida, Florida State, anything else that excites us. TJ, you have to be very excited for today. And uh I'm here <laughs> to take your punishment as you've taken mine for <laughs> for several weeks now. Um yeah, Florida State hasn't been very good this year. We'll jump right into it. Uh in Florida has been pretty good. Um and in the words of the ever elite Michael Scott, how the turntables, um, how the we turn have tables. switched places. We've, we've, we could even do this. We've switched positions um, <laughs> and um, things are different. Things aren't that much different no. than they were, but things were different on Saturday than they have been. So I guess that's All kind right. of the best way to say it is, Things still are what they are, um, but our weekends. Well, I, I predicted Florida State would win. I can't remember. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, you thought Syracuse would cover, uh, which they did. But uh, I, I thought Florida State would win. Yeah. Um, they did it a little differently than I thought they would. Um, but uh, I also thought UF would win, and that didn't happen. So, where do you want to start? You want to start with UNC, or you want to start with? Kent- or, I'm sorry, you want to start with uh, Syracuse or Kentucky? Dealer's choice here. Your night. Yeah, let's let that UK suspense build a little bit. Florida State beats Syracuse 33-30 to on a last-second field goal, a game that Florida State had a three a two-score lead twice. I'm sorry. They had a two-score lead three times. Two times three is six. They uh, could never hold on to that two-score lead, though. They went up 9-0. Then they went up uh, – eventually they went up 30-20 to and could not hold on to their two-score lead. Their defense let them down several times. In fact, Syracuse even had the ball with three minutes to go and could not – defense finally made a stop. Syracuse could not convert, and Florida State got the ball back, had a couple of nice runs by Jordan Travis, one that I have a pet peeve with that we'll talk about in just a minute. Um, but a couple of nice runs by Jordan Travis. They get in field goal range and kick a game-winning field goal to win 33-30 to against Syracuse, um, who I have always said and have continued to maintain is the worst team in the ACC – I thought that Syracuse game was an auto win from the start of the year. It wasn't an auto win when we played it, but Florida State did what they needed to do to find a way to win. Syracuse was 4-0 going into that game, not having beat a lot of great competition, but they did beat Liberty the week before, who I think would beat Florida State head-to-head. And so 
I wouldn't call it an impressive win, but when you lose to Jacksonville State, I guess any game is losable, and so finding a way to win is better than finding a way to lose, which Florida State nearly did. Uh, but they found a way to win, and the record moves to one and four. Now it's can they build on that? You know, progress isn't linear, so I don't expect us to look better to you know on Saturday than we looked last Saturday. I, I do think that sometimes you do take a step forward and a couple steps back, but. Florida State takes a step in the right direction by not going winless for the 2021 season. Did you watch the FSU game? Did you catch any um, of it? I watched a little bit of it. I did watch. I started turning it on when I thought there was a chance they were going to lose at mm. the end. Um, you got your heart so, broken twice on Saturday. No, I, I didn't want <laughs> them to lose, per se. I just found it interesting when I saw it across the ticker. I was like, hmm. I mean, if they're going to lose, clearly I'm going to tune in and watch it happen. Um, I wasn't rooting for it, but I did watch that last second field goal. Um, you know, I, I I think, again, I feel like we've beat this dead horse a lot, but uh, Florida State's team has not quit yet. And I think that that was evident because this they would have lost this game if they had quit already on their coaching staff. They had to, they, they had to be in it until the very last second and yay for not being winless, I guess. Um, and now on to the next, I, I, I mean, we'll talk about the UNC game uh, later on in the show, but I don't know that I think that that's an automatic loss and I don't, um, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, no, I mean, Florida State is in a position now where I I don't think that the expectation at Florida, Florida State, and Miami is to win championships, right? Sure. And there is definitely a difference between what Florida is probably going to do this year at nine and three or eight and four and what Florida State's probably going to do at two and ten or three and nine. But I don't think there's a difference between what Florida State's going to do at three and nine and what their Vegas win total was, which was five and seven, right? Like, do you feel that much better if your team goes five and seven as opposed to three and nine? No. Right. Like, so to me, the rest of the season is a complete wash. It's right. about trying to make sure that, that one, the team doesn't quit and two, right. the recruits don't quit on you. Right. right. And, and so if you can do those two things at this point, now that said, if Florida state could go out and somehow upset UNC and then, They'll beat UMass, and then they'll be three and four, right? And if they beat UNC, I like them to beat Miami. I yeah. like them to beat Boston College. And so then you're talking like, okay, well, there's four or five wins. That NC State game's up in the up in the air. Um, I do. I don't think there's Clemson is not very good. I still don't think there's no. any way they could beat Clemson. Um, so the talent gap that, is is big I, between Clemson that, and Florida State, even if. Even I, though Clemson is not Clemson. Right. Oh, for sure. I mean, and I'll tell you this. I mean, if Florida plays like they played against Kentucky, Florida State could beat them too, right? Like Florida, you know, but I don't I don't see that happening again either. No. Right. And I no. and and Florida State would have to play their best game. Like they'd have to play like they did for three quarters against Notre Dame. Or, you right. know, and you'd have to hope for Florida to play really, really poorly. Florida would have to play home. a terrible game too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Florida just showed that they're able to do that right like sure. they hadn't played like that yet and so sure. you know florida state I'll, I'll say this florida state's defense isn't as, as good as kentucky's but if florida only scores 17 i think florida state finds a way to win that game florida state if florida only scores 17 was that the final score what was the final score the other night no 20 to 13 right florida, if florida only scores 13 florida state's winning that game 
Like that ain't gonna be a 13 to 10 game. I'll say that. No, I'm not yeah. predicting that to happen. But if Florida, I mean, Florida State scoring two touchdowns. We we fluke into one every game. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think you know you're you're glad that they won because, like you said, they haven't quit yet. They didn't quit. I mean, you didn't expect them to quit against Notre Dame. They didn't quit right. after losing to an FCS team. They didn't quit after getting blown out by Wake Forest. They didn't quit after the Louisville game. And then obviously after you win, you're not going to quit, right? Like you're going to keep going there. So it's telling because if they can just get through this UNC game and not get blown out, now that's just right. a loser mentality. But if they can get through the UNC game and not get blown out and not quit, then you get the bye week and you're going to beat UMass. So you keep right. belief then. Mm-hmm. And then you get into games that are not easy by any means, but are certainly like you have a chance. I mean, not the Clemson one, but you certainly have a chance against NC State. You certainly have a chance against Miami, both those games at home. BC is not great. And then you play Florida at the end of the year. It doesn't really matter if you quit then because it's the end of the year, right? Like, so who cares? So I think it's just about making it through, not losing the locker room, trying to build for next year, keeping the recruiting class. But at the end of the day, I mean, you'd rather win than lose, right? At right. End, you know, Florida State found a way to win when it didn't look like they would. Like when when they scored 10 straight to make it 30 to 30 and got the ball back with three minutes to go, like we all thought Syracuse was going to go to drive down and win. Like Florida State fans, non-Florida State fans, Syracuse, like everybody thought Syracuse was going to go win the game there. Yeah. Florida State found a way to bow up. Uh, I took a little bit of an issue with this. Did you see the run? Did, uh, so you watched the last drive? Yeah. Saw the last drive? Yeah. I don't like – I don't have a problem with what Jordan Travis did, obviously, but he's running towards the sideline. And then like the guy kind of lets up to not like get the 15 yard penalty. And Jordan Travis cuts up field when he like running toward the sideline cuts up field. I don't, I don't have a problem with what Jordan Travis did. I have a problem with guys are scared to make a hit there because right. of how often it gets flagged. It for gets flagged. Hit. Yeah. The, the week before Malik Cunningham for Louisville. So it, it helped us against, Syracuse, sure. And it hurt us against Louisville, right? Right. Against Louisville, we actually – and now I know refs can't see it in freeze frame, but if you freeze frame it, the defender pushed Malik Cunningham while a foot was still in bounds. Right. right? Like neither foot had touched down out of bounds, 15-yard penalty. Yeah. They scored a touchdown on that drive. We lose by one score. A little frustrating. I'm not yeah. saying that's the reason we lost. But right, right. we would have kicked that field goal – on Saturday, had that not happened. So it helped us one week. It hurt us the sure. next week or, you know, vice versa that. But I think that there should be a little bit of a grace there because yeah. I think offensive players know that they can take advantage of that where they're sprinting toward the sideline, giving themselves up essentially, yeah. and then cutting up field, darting up field, like toe-tapping the line. I don't. I just don't like that. I don't like yeah. that defenders – because – I mean, I'm glad it worked out for us. But sure. I, defenders. But it takes away from the game. It does. Like, Jordan Travis really shouldn't have gotten that extra 20 yards on that because yeah. the defender had the angle. He had him there. And guys right. are so scared of getting a 15-yard penalty. And I understand player safety, but you should be able to tell, like, intent. Yeah. If a guy is – Well, we talk about that all the time. Like, that's yeah. the – there are so many – that. Pay, plays are bang bang, right? So mm-hmm. you can't and you and you can't predict how the other person is going to move. And I, so, yeah, that's I mean, that's the problem with a lot of penalties. That's my biggest gripe with targeting too. Is that it? If if this is blatant and there is intent, call it all day long. Let's keep our guys safe. But a lot of these things just 
happen, right? They're not, there is no malice behind it. They're not trying sure. to break a rule. They're not trying to hurt somebody else. It just is kind of how the course of the game plays out. Um, and yeah, so that is annoying, but I don't know how you can gauge intent though. I mean, I think that when a guy is a step out of bounds, you don't yeah. throw, you don't throw the penalty. Yeah. Like I, I think when, I think if you're, and that's what it used to be, right? Like you play to the whistle. And I understand player safety. I understand this entire generation is soft. I understand that everybody gets a freaking trophy now. But <laughs> if if you're literally stepping foot out of bounds and then you get hit, like that's fine. Now, if you've yeah. taken three steps out of bounds, that's, that's different. different. Sure. You know? But if sure. you're just taking one. So anyway, it worked out for Florida State. I'm glad we won the game. I think it's kind of stupid. I, I think yeah. it's dumb that 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 can be kind of a way that that works. So yeah. anyway, that's my gripe with the win. I, here I go complaining about wins because I we can't have nice things over here. So all right, <laughs> let's get to the most fun part of the show. Let's get to what we've been all been waiting for. Uh, Florida comes out and lays an absolute. You'd think it wasn't Halloween. You'd think it was Easter the way that they laid an egg on the road. It, I know you love that. Uh, on the road in Kentucky. I like your orange shirt, though. Uh, on the road in Kentucky. Oh, my gourd. I love Oh, ball. I love it. <laughs> oh, lays an egg. Lays a pumpkin egg. I don't know, that doesn't work. On the road in Kentucky. Scored 13 points. Had a chance late to try and tie it up. Uh, fourth and goal. Could yeah. not get it done. Kentucky wins 17-13, to 13, as you mentioned earlier. I got some thoughts on this game, but I'll let you go first. Um, okay. Painful, right? This game was incredibly painful to watch. I mean, um, uh, undisciplined. Depends on, depends on well, who you're asking, but yes. For Gator fans, this game was incredibly <laughs> painful to watch. Um, Florida looked incredibly undisciplined, particularly on offense. I cannot remember a time that Florida had as many false start penalties as they did. They kind of shared the love around in terms of who it was called on too, because it was, I mean, Literally everybody was jumping early. Um, I'm really surprised at the lack of halftime adjustments. Generally, I think that Dan Mullen is better than almost anybody out there coaching wise at making halftime adjustments. I felt like we saw almost none. There's literally nothing that comes to mind that was different about the second half as the first half, which is an oddity for Dan Mullen. Um, I do not for one second believe that that stadium was so loud that the offense couldn't hear and that's why they struggled I think that they were unfocused and I think that they were undisciplined you cannot convince me that a 60,000 person stadium had that sort of effect on them I've literally never seen that kind of effect on on anybody in any stadium but certainly not in one that holds 60,000 people and if for some reason that actually was the problem we are in for a really big uh issue in two weeks when Florida goes to Death Valley because that stadium is the real deal. That stadium is so much louder than it is in Lexington. So, but again, I don't think that it was the sound that had that issue. We've been to that stadium. That is not uh, a particularly loud stadium. That crowd seemed rowdy for what it is, which, uh, you know, I'm not trying to I take away say, from Kentucky fans. Say, it seemed loud on, it seemed loud on TV. I, it seemed I, like they were, I get it. it like and I think pretty that hyped. those I mean, like, 60,000 people swamp. were hyped. I'm not, right. and I'm not trying to I'm take away from swamp, Kentucky fans. They I, showed up, but I thought, I thought it was fairly, 
I just I thought it was I thought it was a good crowd for Kentucky. It was, it was a great crowd for Kentucky, yeah. and I'm not trying to take away from them in any way uh, on that front. I mean, clearly it had saying, an impact on the false starts and stuff. I honestly, I don't think that that's what it was. I honest, I don't know. Um, I'm really surprised they didn't get away from the clapping, uh, the clap count to to start the second half because clearly nobody was handling it well the first half. Uh, Alabama, that's something that Alabama struggled with when they when they played Florida, and they. That's how they that's they were starting with the clap. They stopped it because their offensive line was getting so many false starts. They're they're they couldn't hear. So they made the adjustment. How Florida didn't make the adjustment is beyond me. We saw Anthony Richardson. He didn't really do anything um worth mentioning, but we didn't see him that much. So I don't know why we didn't try a little bit more with him. I don't know if Mullen was just got de- you know, deterred because the first few plays that he tried with them really were pretty unsuccessful in general. But he I was didn't surprised. Look comfortable throwing the ball. He didn't. I'm surprised he, they he didn't try pretty, it. I mean, and and, that, and that's probably being nice. He looked pretty bad throwing. He the didn't ball. look good. And I there was part of me that thought, okay, so maybe Gator fans are seeing a little bit more of maybe what Dan Mullen sees in practice or something, and maybe this it, this is telling us why Anthony Richardson. And we have to think about this. We have seen Anthony Richardson sparingly right we saw him the first two games he didn't touch the ball many times against, like 10 against, times against really really bad competition and what he did was impressive right he looked incredibly electric but this is also why fans shouldn't pick their quarterback based on seeing USF 10 or 15 plays right. out of this guy right instead we right. have to we rely all saw, on the people that evaluate them for months on end we all saw milton against notre dame mm-hmm in seven passes look amazing exactly and And then then you see a bigger body and and then force they go right back to jordan travis and people are like why aren't they going with milton right and then you see milton a bigger body of work and you're like oh i mean and that's something we've talked about on this show right like the the body paid millions of dollars to make these the quarterback, decisions. right? Exactly, right. and that's we can see. We can make a judgment based on what we've seen, right? So if we see ten plays from Anthony Richardson, the first two games he lights it on fire. I can see why you say, "Man, he was awesome." Emory was so so. Why aren't we going with this guy? But as I feel like I say all the time, I know I don't know more than the coach that's sitting out there. I feel like anytime I go to a Gator game, I'm sitting with a whole bunch of guys that apparently are supposed to have been college coaches and aren't. You go on social media, same thing. I, I I think that we saw a snapshot of why Florida has Emory Jones as a starter and not Anthony Richardson. And it's not a knock on Richardson. He's young. He Because of COVID, he's a true freshman this year. He's got plenty of time to grow and learn and be shaped. And so if he's going to be a great quarterback, he's got plenty of time for that to happen. But I think we saw that he's maybe not yet, right? And Emory is... Uh, whoever he is, I don't. I don't know that I would say I think Emory is ever going to be a Heisman candidate, or you know, like he is. He's going to be a serviceable quarterback, and he may not ever be anything more than that. But he is. He looks a lot better as the season progresses. I think that he will be a serviceable quarterback for Florida. I don't know that I think that you could blame either one of them for really anything on Saturday. I think Saturday comes down to the coaching staff. I think they play undisciplined football. I think they played uninspired football. I think that adjustments didn't happen when adjustments needed to happen. I never questioned Dan Mullen's play calling, but I was very caught off guard by 
uh, the way that this particular game was called. I don't, I, I can't believe, you know, two minutes to go and you're in scoring position and Florida walks away with no points at the end of that game to win baffled by what happened at halftime uh, or go leading into halftime. I understand the concept of like, just get off the field, but I think Florida left points out there. There was enough time. They had three timeouts. I'm that isn't the Dan Mullen that, that I have come to expect. I don't, he is not a, I, I don't know. I felt like he didn't go for the jugular right there. And that was a perfect opportunity. Put some points on the board, go into halftime with some momentum. It just, it was weird. I don't, I don't know if there's more to the story that we aren't aware of. Obviously Mullen's press conference didn't tell us a whole lot. I don't know if maybe he would tell us if there was something else going on or what, but that felt really weird to me. I understand why Gator fans are upset. This it it, it was painful to watch, right? It was it yeah, looked I, like there wasn't a, lot a of... major step backwards. But I do want to I... say everybody should step back from the ledge. It, it sucks to lose to Kentucky. It sucks that Florida is something Jim McElwain never eliminated did. from any playoff opportunity. But there's still a lot Not of games to be played. Not I can't hear you. Hundred percent. Can't hear me. You hear me now? Nothing. Nothing. Now I can. I, for a second, you just went back on. Now, can you hear me now? Yeah. Now, now I can hear you. Um, not pretty much eliminated. One hundred percent eliminated. Florida went out and they're out. I, I mean, crazier things have happened, but I would say yes. Um, and asking them to win out is probably insane too. It, that's well, I don't know it, that that's it's the, insane, but it's a big ass. But here's the thing. I uh, still pretty think, insane. I still think Georgia is Georgia. for real. We'll get to Georgia in a minute, but, but I still Lord. think Florida beats Georgia, which actually makes oh, this loss I, even more annoying. How do I mute you? There's no way they're beating Georgia. I, you're going to be here when that game happens, and I cannot wait for it because there is no Listen, way. I told you at the beginning of the season that I thought Florida probably lost to two teams, but it wasn't going to be Georgia. It's going to be Georgia. I'm telling I, you, they're the best team in the country. I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I don't think Florida loses to Georgia, but that makes Florida's Florida loss to Kentucky third, more Florida annoying. Scored, Florida scored 13, <laughs> 13 on Kentucky. But they scored a whole mess on Alabama. I don't think Alabama's defense is as good as Georgia's defense. Alabama's defense is 100% better than Kentucky's defense. I mean, that game was in the swamp as opposed to in wherever the heck they play, right? Lexington. Um I think Georgia's defense is nasty. I think Georgia – we'll get into Georgia in a minute. This game was 100% on coaching. I agree. And the biggest problem is that – okay, I know you guys are Dan Mullen fans in your house. I know, yeah, I know, we but are, for sure. He has the syndrome that every other high-profile major college football coach has, and it's the, you know, I'm an a-hole syndrome. And I've never I think that syndrome. that's a prerequisite for being and a college head coach. I don't know. I just think that Dan Name Mullen never he never takes any accountability, right? Like I think you see some coaches that like when they're even when it's when it's their fault or their teams po play poorly or whatever, I think you see them at times say like you know, that's on me. I've got to get better. And I think yeah. Dan Mullen doesn't do a good job of that. And there yeah. are 
There are certain guys that do a good job of that. And there are certain guys that don't do a good job of that. You know, I think about, um, you know, this is, this is somewhat related, but somewhat not related. Like, um, you know, the pro football focus stuff, you know, comes out and, 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 uh, the, the saints played the Panthers a couple of weeks ago and Jameis was pressured on like, I don't remember the, like 84% of dropbacks or something like just an insanely high number. Like the saints offensive line had like three guys missing. Like it was just really, really bad. And the saints ended up losing that game and the offensive line was terrible. Like so bad. Like pro football focus came out and said, yes, they were pressured on 84 times. You know, it was or 81% of plays. It was like he never had any time to throw. And he literally just said, like, I just have to make reads faster. Like, nope, not the offensive line's fault. Like, that's a hundred percent on me. I yeah, take the blame I mean, here. And I just don't think Mullen does that. And like, even you know, Thomas Goldcamp wrote an article. And I, read I don't know it. if you saw it or not. Yeah, I read but, it. I you know, Thomas and it was Goldcamp questioning was the last two minutes of the or last two or three minutes of the first half. And instead of Mullen just saying, like, you know, yeah, I thought it was the right call to just go into half there and just owning it and said, yeah. yeah, I was, I was wrong about that. I thought it was the right decision to go in and I'd do it over again. We got to win. You know, Mullen could have very easily said, I thought it was the right decision to go in a half where we were. Right. We have to win second halves. It's not about whether or not I went for points or we went for points or this, that, the other. we have to right. win second halves. Right. We can't win second halves. We don't deserve to win the game anyway. That's all I had to say. But right. instead, like he kind of twisted the facts made it sound a little bit different, made it like my decision was the right one when we all know it wasn't. So I just didn't think there was a lot of accountability there. Yeah. And the game was 100% his fault. The team wasn't prepared. The team wasn't disciplined. So, the coach, the, the play calling was god-awful. The decisions of the first half were god-awful. Emory is what he is at this point, and he's an average mm -hmm. quarterback, and that just is what it is. Yep. But at the end of the day – this was all on Dan Mullen and the coaching staff. Like it so, wasn't the players. They held Kentucky to 17 points at home. That's right. Enough. Remember what's the old rule in football? You hold them to 17, you win. Right. right? So again, a hundred percent on Mullen. And I'm not saying they need to fire him. I'm not on the, no, you know, of course not. Anything else. Well, this is what I'll say. The fan base all right. But I, I am a Dan Mullen advocate. I think that Dan Mullen is the right person to be leading this program. And I will say that behind me too, for what it's worth, me too, for what it's worth. I will say that behind closed doors, out of Florida's last, it, let's say, four to five head coaches, behind closed doors, Dan Mullen is the most down to earth out of the, the five of them. He is the most approachable. He is the least asshole ish of any of those people in real life. So I do also take that into account. And I know that a lot of fans don't have the beauty of that as you know whatever a point of reference in their mind i do sometimes wish that he was the type of quarterback that got on the podium a steve spurrier for instance that says this is on me i didn't have the team prepared and it's on me even if that's not the case like there's many times that spurrier got All up right. there and said things like that when it was for sure not his fault and, and i think you have to do that i think that's what a good leader I does think that that times. is um I, I think that's what a good leader does at times. I prefer a co a, a, my coach to say that, even if I know and every other person in yes, that room knows a, that that's not true. Because, because he's because, a 50-year-old man, not well, an 18-year-old kid. Your quarterback gets more praise than maybe they should when they win. They get more blame when you lose. It's the same concept for the head coach, right? Like It, sh it should be 
that he takes accountability. His press oh, conferences, honestly, really don't are bother cringe. me. They're cringeworthy, um, though. Let's be they, honest. They, they, they honestly, they don't bother me. I am much more perturbed by what I saw on the field than anything that I see in the press room. And is a, and to the point about the fans, though, I probably every fan base thinks that their fan base is the worst when it comes to stuff like this. But Gator fans can be incredibly fair weathered. Now, they'll come around. They'll come around on Saturday. They'll still cheer for the team. They'll be there, whatever. But I think that there's a lot of people in this fan base that think that they know what they're talking about enough to be a college coach. And that's absolutely not true. I think that there's a lot of fan bases, a lot of the fan base that thinks that they're just a lot of incredible D1 coaches sitting around waiting for Florida to call. That's also not true. Um, I, again, I hate to lose. I hate to lose. But it happened. It is what it is. Move on. I don't think Dan Mullen should be fired over it. I think that Florida looked like crap, not pumped, ready for next week. So Florida is going to win next week, and there's no doubt yeah. about it. Um, yeah. You know, playing Vandy. So here's the – okay, so let's have this conversation. I don't know if it's time for this conversation or not, but oh, we have talked have about we have talked about the fact that Mullen in his time is teetering on like Mark Richt at Georgia – uh, territory, right? Good coach. Very, I'll say very good coach. I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm not trying to split hairs or whatever. I'm not trying to, this is not a dig on Mullen. Um, very good coach. Ceiling is 10, 11 wins, like never going to, uh, breakthrough type guy. Now, could he break through? Sure. I, I'm not saying, you know, but that's where Florida is right now. You're always going to be the little brother to Georgia and Alabama. Beat Georgia last year. I mean, good. But if they lose this year, they're one and three. Obviously, so, has not beaten Alabama. Yeah, then. but if they yeah. beat Georgia this year, they split it two and two. So I'm not prepared to See, say. Yeah, I know brother. you think. Yeah, I know you think that they're going to win. But I mean, I do. It, it's going to be a pretty big upset if they win, right? So I mean, you can at least agree with that. Like it's yeah. going to be a more than a touchdown spread, and so. Yeah. I know you think that your team is going to win, but the rest of like Vegas and the college football world does not think that. So we'll Vegas also with, didn't we'll think with, that Florida we'll had a that. shot at Alabama and we'll that was a two point game. That was the best loss you guys have had. That was probably the best loss of the year. So congratulations on that. So how long, and this, and this is, this is what's tough. Okay. I'm not saying that Mullen is definitively Gainesville Mark Rick, but Hold on a second. You uh, went out again. Is it me or is it you? I think it's you. No, you just went. You just came back on. I think it's you. I, nothing changed on my end. Okay, I don't, I don't know. I didn't change so, anything. But go on. I'm not saying that he's definitively Gainesville Mark Richt, mm-hmm. but what makes it so tough is that if he is, every season you have just enough hope to think that mm-hmm. you're just a game or two away, and mm-hmm. that is why it's such a dangerous spot to yeah. be in because. Mullen's always going to win nine to 10 games. Like that's sure. just, it, it just is what it is. Like he's <clears throat> even when Florida state gets back and they have to play Georgia every year. And there's always a tough LSU game. 
He and and then somebody else tough out of the West. He's gonna win See, two of the games. He's, he's like, you know, you think about Florida's schedule: Florida State, Georgia, LSU, and then one more tough game, right? But then there's eight wins on the schedule, and he's probably gonna win two of those four that we just talked about. So he's always gonna win ten. Mm-hmm. And so, I guess the question is. Georgia never had a bad year. Like they didn't fire Mark Drew because they went six and six, but like how long? Yeah, but they, you... well, they fired him because it couldn't beat Florida. I mean, that's fine. They were still just, you know, but like they, I think they fired him because they knew that it was never going to get better than 10 and two. Like yeah. That's just where they were. Yeah. And so I think Mullen's floor is eight and four, but I think his ceiling is like 11 and one with a loss to Alabama in the championship game, right? Like, so like 11 and two is really his ceiling because you're going to get the extra game out of it. So I don't know. I, I, I think that it's, uh, I think that it's, I'm not saying he certainly not saying he needs to go or anything like that, but I think where the fan base stands is where the upset part of the fan base stands is, that this is as good as it's going to get. Like nine, yeah. 10 wins with Mullen so is as good as it's going to get. I'm not saying that it is or isn't, but. And not prepared to say that, it, that he is Florida's Mark Richt. I think that what separates a really great coach from an elite coach is that you 100% without a doubt, without fail, show up the same team Every week, whether you're playing USF or you're playing Alabama, I and I do not more think I that Dan Mullen's teams—I don't think that Dan Mullen's teams have played consistently enough to consider him an elite coach. I think that he has so far dropped at least one game every single season that he shouldn't have. Um, which and most I, coaches, and that's, which most coaches not named Nick Saban do. I'll give him. I understand there. that, but but most coaches. I also, Ceiling I also think it's really good. Not I also elite. think Florida wants an elite coach, but I, I do think, think Dan Mullen you, has the ability to do that. You mentioned his his players showing up every week. I think there's a couple more things that come into that too. One is recruiting, which I think he's sure. very good at, but not elite. Right? Sure. Jimbo was elite. Orgeron elite. Saban elite. Sweeney elite. Uh, Lincoln Riley elite. Ryan Day. Urban Meyer. All those guys elite. I don't know that Mullen's in that elite category of recruiting. I mean, even with I don't their know that 10-11. we have to put Brian Day there yet. He's kind of living on Urban Meyer. If, if he has I mean, the same kind of or same kind of next year, then I'll agree to that. But I mean, that's fine. But yeah, I, I don't. Okay, take him out. But at the end of the day, still, I don't think Mullen's an elite recruiter, and that's what he all is these not proven to be as as of yet an elite recruiter. That is a correct, totally fair statement. I mean, and I know that signing classes aren't one in whatever this is October. Well, um, but I mean, since signing day for all intents and purposes happens yeah. in December now, it, I, I mean, want, I you're want, winning them. I, I don't know the... Florida um, would start letting them pay people. They'd have better signing classes. I mean, you know, get what you pay for. So, you um, do. No, uh, um, you do. 247 recruiting. Um, but, so and I, I, I think he's behind... about recruiting, but so recruiting lost one, to Kentucky the other side of that, didn't have anything to do with recruiting. The Florida other side, Jimmy's yeah, but they're they're consistent. And goes. There is, yeah, but they're consistent losing. They're consistent losing. To Alabama and Georgia does have sure, sure. But if we're looking at what a change based on Saturday, Saturday had nothing to do with recruiting. So I, don't I think, think as a whole, I don't you think can it's say as much, that Dan Mullen's not an elite recruiter, but that had no bearing on Saturday. 
Yeah, I don't think it's as much Saturday as it is just the general. It's the culmination, and I get Correct. that, it's, and I get the frustration. Things. But I, I think the other problem is that people don't feel like he has that killer instinct. Like I feel like people think he's a great, great game day coach, one yeah. of the best. Like he is. Jimbo's up there, Saban's up there, uh, Lincoln Riley's up there, um, the Chris Peterson, the guy at Boise State, uh, Boise State's up there. Um, you know, uh, Dabo's coordinators are up there, uh, which obviously Scott took the job at USF. I'm trying to think of who else is like a great game day coach, like X's nose game day. Those, those guys are, and he's up there with that, but I don't know that he has that killer instinct that like urban had and Jimbo has and yeah. Saban has in sweet. I just, I think he's no, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I mean, he's in my top 10, he's in my top 10 in college football, but yeah. being in my top 10 in college football probably doesn't get you. An, I think, Okay, don't get upset with me. He's a better X's and O's guys. I think Kirby has better killer instinct than than oh, Dan. No does. way. No. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I think that I think that when do you think Kirby would have sat on the ball with two and a half minutes to go in the first half? Do you think he would have tucked his tail between his legs and not gone for that? I, I, this is not about X's and O's. I think Dan's a better coach, but I, I don't think he has the killer instinct that other coaches have. Jimbo wouldn't have tucked his tail between his legs. And I wish that ball. I could have a conversation about what went on in those last two minutes because that. It, well, he'd have lied to you like he did me. in the press conference. <laughs> it's baffling to me, but I also feel like it's very much not a Dan Mullen move before and I, that I've seen before. And I think that's part of what is so baffling to me is that it's not something that I expect from him. I do think that Dan Mullen has the killer instinct. I think that there has not been very many opportunities to necessarily show it, probably because it hasn't been necessary for him to a lot of the time. I think Saturday was his worst LSU last coaching. Year. He didn't have it against a uh, last year. I mean, LSU he's, he's last year of- was not about play calling. There were some really stupid mistakes made in that game, but I don't, well, I don't put that game too. on him. I don't. How do you prepare your team not to pick up a shoe and throw it across? I don't know. I, mean, I don't play. Like, I don't know. Um, I will say, so a couple of when we were at at the Alabama game was the first time I noticed it. Um, but it's been tweeted out a lot since then in subsequent games, the specialists pretending like they're riding a stationary bike. They do that whole shtick where they're lifting somebody up and whatever else. Well, I will tell you that sitting at the Alabama game, my brother who played for Florida and my husband who played for Florida sitting on the other side of me, both cringing watching that happen. And both of them at separate times said, could you imagine that ever happening on Nick Saban's sideline? It would never. And they were totally, I mean, really, really perturbed at watching this on the sidelines. Now it's become a video that's gone out and it's gone viral and whatever else. But that was kind of indicative of maybe we're a little loosey-goosey in the in the locker room a little bit more than we should. And um, that discipline needs to be tightened up a little bit. But, uh, you know, we can beat a dead horse here. But I think that Dan Mullen is a very, very good coach. I think that Saturday was his worst head coaching performance that I personally have ever witnessed. I didn't watch any, all of his games for Mississippi State, so maybe there was something there. It was for sure his worst performance as a Florida Gator head coach. I think he's a good enough head coach that he will learn from what happened. I just think for Florida to be able to take that next step, a game like Kentucky can never happen again. You lose by two to Alabama, that's okay. If you were to get upset or lose to Georgia this year, I guess that's okay. 
what happened against Kentucky is not acceptable. That's a worse team, Jimmy's and Joe's wise. It's a small stadium. It's a team that you should dominate in every aspect of the game. Florida special teams need some work. That uh, The missed field goal or the blocked field goal was because of the offensive the line. Um, changed the game. Changed the entire momentum. I don't – that's not on the kicker. That was on the, the line. Um it's an unacceptable thing. I don't remember the last time Florida had a punt return for a touchdown. Uh, for sure, you have to go back to the 2019 season, but nothing even jumps out at me just off the top of my head. Florida used to be known for punt and kick returns. Um, I would love to see some tightening up of the special teams. Punting has been really good, um, but that is an important part of the game. That was something that Urban Meyer always put an emphasis on. As far as I know, Dan Mullen does put an emphasis on it. I don't know why it hasn't had the same level of success. I don't know if we just don't have the right guys going out there or what, but I'd love to see some improvement in special teams. Florida's offensive line, which had proven itself to be a huge asset for Florida, so much better than we thought it was going to be coming into the season. Poop the bed against Kentucky. I've never seen them look worse this season for sure, but I truly don't even remember a time last season where they looked that bad. Um, it's a problem, but I do think a lot of the stuff that we saw are is fixable, right? And so I'll be interested to see what changes are made moving forward because that's where having a great head coach should come into play. Yeah. And again, we're, we're splitting hairs with the adjectives that we use. Sure. Um, but, I mean, I think he's a very good coach. Great coach is, is fine. Uh, he's top 10-ish to me, right? Like, I think that's... I mean, think about that. And to have a top 10 coach is huge. There are... And you think about the nine you might put... Let's say you put him at 10. You think about the nine you'd put ahead of him. You're not convincing... Who are you convincing to leave where they are to come to Florida? So, I do think fans Florida have to fans keep that think, in mind, too. Florida fans think that this is a top five job in the country. It is. Right. I believe it is. But but <clears throat> but the guys that you would put ahead of them also are very ingrained in their program. Who so are you the, getting? So are the, you getting so Ryan the, Day? So no. That's are you the, getting Lincoln Riley? No. Are you so getting that's Nick the Davis? conundrum? No. That's the conundrum that Florida fans have. And I'm not saying Dan's ten. He's probably. I'd have to really think about it. He's probably like six or seven to me. But anyway, um, but let's say he's ten. Um. That's the problem that Florida fans are having is that their expectation is to be top five, is to be in the playoff every year. And if he's number 10, they're not – there's two ways to look at it, right? There's the way that you look at it and say, well, Dan Mullen will never have us down as bad as Florida State and Miami are down right now. And so we need to hold on to what we've got because look at what they've got going on, and we don't want that, right? We'll yeah. take – we'll – Nine and three me every year to not go two and two at 10, right? Like just, yeah. so that's the one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is our expectation here at Florida is to be in the playoff every single year. Sure. This is the University of Florida. In the 1990s, we would have been in the playoff every single year. We do not settle for sure. nine and three every year or 10 yeah. and two on an off year. And so I guess that's the way to look at it is I understand which of those top five or six guys are going to leave and come here? I don't know. I, I'm not saying that there's an easy replacement, but how long? Okay. Say Dan, say Dan Mullen goes 10 and two or worse, 10 and two or worse. 
for the next five years? Should he be renewed for the sixth year? For the next five years, or we're counting these four, and so then we're talking no, 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 about no, for the ne- for the next five years. So, oh, probably not. No, and and that's what's tough though, is because if he legitimately goes ten and two every single year, you think as a fan, you're like, and as an administration, you're like, well, who's better than him? Who can it's we a get? hard and position to be in very, for sure. You it's would a rather a guy. You would rather just have a willy tag. Terrible, right? Yes, thousand percent. That, and it's a, a very percent. tough position. And I'm not saying they should get rid of. I, that, that's not my point. A thousand percent. No, is, I, I, it's yes. it's very tough, and that's why Mark Rick hung around forever for as long because, as he did. Sure, because you're always just a game or two away. Last right. year, going to the LSU game, you're just that close. You beat LSU. Yeah. And then you beat Bama and you're in, yeah. right? And so, and you played Bama well. You just didn't, the obviously the LSU game kind of ruined it. But right, that's what makes it so tough. And I'm not right. saying Mullen's that guy, but it's just tough to know. If, if it he is, goes, it's tough to know. And, and this I probably, think Mullen gets more time to show this us, is, and I hope if, he's not Mark Richt. But if it's five if, years from now, and Florida still hasn't won the SEC championship game, and they're still looking at ten and two as a ceiling. You, then I will have a different opinion. And it's hard to know exactly when it's right to do that. Okay, right. what about what about three years from now? If it's just ten and two every year, right? What about so for me? So it's I need a couple of years of an entire roster of his guys. Also, what I'm saying is that with Max else. guys, he was winning more games every year. So we don't have to have that conversation today, but we could. Well, I want to see with, a full roster of with Max guys quarter, for a couple of years. With Max quarterbacks, he was winning 10 and 11 games every year. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I, I know that you want to see his guys, but the, the trend is I down. Do. The, I, I mean, mean the season's not over yet. I'm guys. not ready to say the, twi- the trend is I'll, down. I'll um, say this. If they lose to LSU and they go 8-4, and four, that's not a good look to go 8-4 and four in back-to-back years with your yeah. guys. Right. Well, they're not yeah. all his guys, but a lot of them are his guys. More his guys now than when they won 10 and 11 games with Max. Yes, guys. yes, that's true. So, anyway, all right. You guys play. We have 15 minutes to go. You guys play Vandy this week. We expect a blowout. I expect Florida to win big. I expect faith to be restored. But then the LSU game is the one we're all looking at. So yeah. We'll, Florida we'll have- got lucky with that being scheduled at noon because. Playing in Death Valley at noon is a different animal than playing at Death the Valley logo just at 7.30 holds no at weight. night. Nobody um, wants to watch you guys' boring-ass brand of football. No, that's like That's not, why it's at noon. That's not Imagine true, a but, day where Florida LSU is at noon. That sucks. I mean, I'll, I like yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, know. honestly, it's great for Florida in general. Um, but uh, there is nothing like a night game in Death Valley. It is one of the best places in the country, if not I the saw, best place in the country, to watch a night game. It is It is. Out of this world. in the swamp. No, um, you said that, not me. I, I saw Alabama. Of, I saw you said one of, if not the best yeah, place. That's what I said. I saw um, Alabama LSU there a few years ago, 2016, five years ago now. Um, it was fantastic. It was, it is. I'll tell you, I've I've been in the swamp. I've been at, I've, I was at, did you know this? Were you there in 2015? I was at the number one attended game in the swamp which was Florida, Florida State in 2015. I was uh, not there in 2015 because I had so one I was at the, I the highest – thanks have to been me, in a lot of – Thanks to me, this was the highest attended game mm-hmm. in Florida history, okay. not thanks to you. Okay. Um, and the Swamp was loud at the beginning of that game. 
and I'm not saying it was a loud stadium. You know, I've not been at all the games. I'll tell you what was loud was that Auburn game a few years ago that I was at. But that let one me was tell loud. You, let me tell Florida, you what Alabama different... was loud. But there's a few games from Florida, South Carolina. Um, let me tell you what was loud though. Super loud. Sitting in the end zone at LSU, and Jalen Hurts threw interception from his own end zone, and and he threw like 30 yards down the field. So LSU caught it about the 30. I felt like the stadium was going to fall down. Yeah, like it yeah. was. And I've I mean, been, that I've been, in, I've been in, I've been at Clemson for a top ten matchup against Notre Dame. I've been at that Florida Auburn game that we talked about from a couple of years ago when that ball got picked. Uh, no, I'm sorry. When that, when when whoever the running back was, Pierce or whoever, broke the outside. That was insane loud. I, again, I've, I mean, I've been at Florida State when in their heyday when they played Clemson. And Carlos Williams broke around the left side for the overtime win. I've heard loud stadiums. That LSU stadium, I thought the place was going to come down. Like when it's when when he threw that interception, now they cool. ended up losing that game ten nothing, and the game wasn't very good. But that was like the first drive of the game, so everybody's still drunk. Like it was amazing. That stadium. Oh, uh, one so of the times good. that I was sitting in there was the year that um, LSU fans got Tim Tebow's phone number. And called his phone the whole week. And so the first touchdown Tebow scored, he opened up his hand and did this and like whatever the phone thing. But that was a night game. That was an electric, electric atmosphere to be in. 2003, Florida came in. LSU was the number one team in the country. Florida had already lost like two games. I held a sign that said, win or lose, we all lose. Um, We upset them. They were the number one team in the country. Uh, That game, it was pouring rain. Like that is just one of the coolest places in the country to see a game. I normally always advocate for it to be a night game, but I'm really happy for this year for it to not be a night game simply for those players, especially if we actually did have an issue with noise at Kentucky because RIP, if that's the case, um, because you ain't heard anything like Death Valley. Well, I know you think LSU is amazing, but they took another loss to an Auburn team. Um, yeah, that's a good game week, though. Who, who we don't think is great. Auburn, um, that was a good game. It was a fun game. Auburn, fresh off their um, massive, massive comeback victory against Georgia State. Um, so LSU unranked. That'll be an interesting game to see LSU in Florida. Both teams three and two. Yeah. Um, LSU plays at Kentucky this week. So we'll see if they can. That'll be interesting to watch too. Yeah. Um, ESPN gives Florida about a 67% chance of winning that game. So if they say if it happens twice, Florida or three times, Florida, Florida wins two, wins two three, of them. Right. So kind of fun to look at those numbers. Uh, real quick, and then we'll get into some picks. Florida State plays UNC. Uh, UNC is a 17 and a half point favorite. They were a 13 and a half point favorite last year when Florida State upset them 31 to 28. I do not see a similar fate for the Knowles this year. I, I do think UNC wins pretty comfortably. Um, but if Florida state could pull this, I think, I know you don't love this at UNC team, but they've looked much better since that opening week loss against Virginia tech. Um, Sam Howell at home has been fantastic. Um, at home, he's got 934 yards, 10 touchdowns and no interceptions, um, this will be their fifth straight game at home, their fourth straight game at home. I'm sorry. Um, I think it's going to be a tough one for the Knowles to kind of pull off. I know you hate UNC and you think LSU is better. I'm still not sold on this because 
UNC, I don't hate UNC. UNC's definitely been on the upward trend the last couple of weeks, and LSU's been kind of diving. We'll see what LSU can do against Kentucky. Um, I will say UNC's offense is the number nine ranked offense in the country, all opponent adjusted, so it does take into account who they play. Um, I think UNC might be the worst matchup left on our schedule. Like, I think UNC, I'm not saying they're the best team, but I think they may be the worst. They have the best quarterback left. And for a team with a bad secondary, I think UNC is the worst matchup we have left. Um, I don't know who would win head-to-head, but I, I would rather be playing Florida this weekend than UNC. Just because at least I know Emory's not throwing for 350 yards like Sam Howell's about to. So um, if you guys have to run the ball, that takes more clock and the score doesn't get as high. So I think UNC will absolutely pound us into the ground. Um, and I have no hope but a win, but I'd love to be wrong. I probably didn't have any hope going into last year's game. So, um, all right, let's do some picks unless you have any thoughts on UNC. Uh, I don't have any thoughts on UNC. Um, I don't think that they're great. I do think LSU's better. Clearly UNC and LSU, neither one of them is out of this world this year. Um, but let's see whose crap stinks worse is basically the game we're going to play for the rest of the year. There you go. <laughs> there is um, more parody in college think, football this year than we have ever seen. And I, I or we've, we've seen it in a long time and I'm excited about it. I, I want to say this. and I don't want you to respond to it, but we're going to go to picks right after this. We've only got eight minutes left. I think UNC would beat Florida head to head just to let you know. No. Um, I just think UNC would score more than 13. I mean, that's just my, my take on that. So, um, all right recapping last week's pick we both took virginia this was not a good week for us by the way i don't know if you looked at your picks i didn't thought about it but you nope. so did I. we both took virginia we started out good on thursday night got that right they God, went out right miami is just garbage we could beat them i think we could beat them i think we could will. beat them uh you took syracuse i took fsu so you got that one right i took uga you took arkansas and again, UGA is the best team oh, in the country, so I, I got that one right. Um, and then we both went 0 for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 here. We both took Notre Dame. They lost outright. We both took Ole Miss. Bama blew them out. We both took Oregon. Stanford won outright. We both took Florida. That'll be the last time I take them to cover a spread. Kentucky won outright. And we both took LSU because you're on the LSU love train, of course, to prove me wrong against North Carolina. And Auburn won that game outright as an underdog. So for the week, we both went two and five, bringing our scores to you are 14 and 17. I am 13 and 18. We're neck and neck. But Let's I'm winning. Separate ourselves. Well, championships aren't crowned in October. So let's see if we can uh, get this thing a little back in the right direction. Oklahoma is a three point favorite at Texas. Hmm. Give me Texas. Yeah, I the rule here is to never take the um to never road, take Texas <laughs> the road favorite. Well, when a when a home team is a dog by three points or less, you're supposed to take them. I'm gonna break that trade and take Oklahoma here. Um, but neither team is very good. I just I think Texas blows more games than anybody else. So give me them. Uh, give me Oklahoma to win by more than three. Arkansas is a five and a half point underdog at Ole Miss. Ole Miss coming off a horrible loss against Alabama. I think Alabama just really showed who they were on Saturday and they get up for those games against those former assistants. I like Ole Miss to rebound here. Both teams looking to rebound after Arkansas got their heads beat in by Georgia, but I like Ole Miss here. 
I like Ole Miss too. Okay. Um, Florida is a 39-point favorite against Vanderbilt. Give me the Commodores here to cover the spread. I think uh, Florida wins this very comfortably, but I will not bet Florida to, to cover a spread. 39-point spread is just insane. I uh, uh, Give me Vanderbilt. I think Florida Ooh. wins outright, but I don't. 39 never bet against the Gators. Stupid. I mean, I think the Gators are going to win. I just don't want to. 39 points is crazy. I wish you'd take you up there. UGA is a 15 and a half point favorite at Auburn. Give me UGA here. I think they blow the, I think UGA is the best team in the country. So you can go ahead and take Auburn here. Cause I know you don't want to believe the UGA is that good, but let's go. Mm. So annoying. Give me UGA. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, I Auburn barely beat Georgia State. I know. I that's why I can't take. Uh, this is the game of the week. Penn State's number four. Iowa's number three. No, nothing like Big Ten football in October. Iowa is a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Penn State. Give me I Iowa. Think I, I think Iowa wins that. Yeah, I think they win it um, at home there by more than a point-and-a-half. Bama is an 18-point favorite against Texas A&M. I'm sorry for doubting you last week, Nick Saban. I won't do it again. Give me Bama to cover yeah. here. Yeah, give me Bama too. And then last one on the docket, Florida State is a 17-and-a-half-point underdog at UNC. I like UNC to win this game. I'll tell you what I had before the season started. Where is it? I see here the pages rough rustling. I had UNC winning this game 45-31 to 31 earlier in the year. I'm going to back that down just a little bit and go 41-31. to 28. I like Florida State to cover this spread with a late non-consequential backdoor cover that didn't matter. I think that they're going to be down by 21 and then score a touchdown with like a minute to go in garbage time and cover the spread. 17 and a half is a lot. So 17 and a half is a lot. Uh, I wanted I thought Florida State was going to cover too, but I actually am going to take UNC only because I want us to have something different. We got to have I'm something fine to differentiate that. us. I'm fine yeah. with that. Um, all right. So we're all in agreement that Georgia is the best team in the country. They're oh, probably going God. to win the national championship this year. And um, Kirby can't get it done. Florida State, I mean, excuse me, uh, Georgia will not win the national championship. And I'm still, I'm telling you right now, Florida's going to beat Georgia. So, which again is going to make Kentucky even more annoying for me. So, um, that Georgia Alabama game, though, in the SEC championship game is going to be fun. You're so annoying. I that well, I'm not trying to be a jerk. Like that's going to be a good game. You know, yeah. one versus two. Um, I don't think that Georgia will be one okay, or two. One versus six. Mm-hmm. Probably. So, I mean, that's fine. Yeah, I'll take a top six match. I don't know. Kentucky's going to have to lose a couple times too. You know, there were right? a lot of UF fans that were very salty that Kentucky was picked number two in the East. A lot of yeah. UF fans that were salty about that. This one. And this one right here. Kentucky is probably going to finish. Who does who is we have two Kentucky ha, I mean who is Kentucky's um rotational opponent this year? I don't know. I got Because that's gonna that. be a big part of it. Sure. Let's see. Let's Kentucky see plays LSU. Okay. So oh, they play LSU, LSU oh, this week. 
And then so they, so they have LSU, then Georgia, then Mississippi State. So they played Florida, LSU, and Georgia in a in a three game stretch without a bye. That's pretty crazy. So um, they could State, lose Tennessee, yeah, Vandy. So they could Louisville. lose to LSU and Georgia, and then as long as they beat Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Vandy, which they should probably win all three of those, they'll finish second because they have the head to head with you right, guys. Right. And if you lose to Georgia. Georgia. Mm-hmm. then they could lose one more of those and they'd be fine. If you lose to Georgia, you've definitely finished third in the East. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, well, it's beautiful times. Um, our losses are more plentiful, but your losses are more painful. So that is the truth. <laughs> so at least I can revel in that. Um, thank you guys. Says, for losing does matter more when you're good. It hurts more too. So you're welcome. Yeah. We're gonna lose to UNC on Saturday. I'm like, mm, I don't care. I'm gonna go lay some more flooring. Like, who cares? So, all right. Thank you guys I'm for hanging tell out. You, I'm kind of glad that's not my team, though. Losses however, need to hurt. However, you have to just. I'm glad it hurts okay. for you. So, um, all right. Thank you guys for the interaction. Thank you guys for the love on social media. If you have any complaints, please send those to Allie. Until next week, we will see you guys soon. Enjoy this weekend of college football. It's a great one. Adios.